Hello! I'm Jen. And I'm Vix. And welcome to How, How the, the Fuck, fuck Do, do I, I Adult? This is a podcast that casually discusses crucial aspects of adulthood you wish someone would have taught you before you went ahead and fucked it up. Full disclosure, we're not experts. Some of these lessons we've learned the hard way and some we've researched to share with you. FYI, we are drinking, mm-hmm. as there is one thing we are sure of. You don't have to have fun to have alcohol. Cheers. Cheers. How the fuck do I adult? This week we're discussing voting. How the fuck do I vote? Yes, how do I vote? It's tricky because no one tells you. No. Not like it's a lesson at school, like, oh, hey, here's this thing. Well, it wasn't for us old people anyway. Don't know if it is now. Maybe it is. Maybe. Maybe it's discussed more. Maybe if you go to a fancy boarding school. Possibly. Probs, where they, like, train people how to be politicians. Yeah, Essentially, true. from, like, age three. Yeah, groomed all the way up. Mm-hmm. Also, we Didn't teach much... it in my school. They were like, free as a bird, be an actor. <laughs> Where has that got me? <laughs> well, in my school, we had the army come round to recruit people. Shit, the bed. Mm-hmm. Didn't have that. <laughs> they were like, hmm, you're in a place where there isn't much opportunity. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why don't we take these poor desperate people and <laughs> close all their jobs down? Fucking hell. Yeah, we should specify that we are going to focus on the UK voting system today. Yes, because we are actually from the UK, so... (laughs) In case you hadn't guessed. (laughs) That's what we'll be talking about. To talking about. I was going to say discussing, <laughs> and then went with talking instead. What an idiot. That's all right. I'm to talk about things. <laughs> we talked a lot about this episode because there's so much to cover, and we, as with every episode we've done so far, have decided that we will eventually do more episodes on this topic, cover like other parts of the UK political system and other countries and their voting systems and stuff. It's a lot. It's big, girl. Essentially, in this episode, we just want to give you an idea on how to register to vote. Differences between, like, local elections yeah. and general elections. You know, what makes you left-wing, what makes you right-wing. What parties there are that you can vote for. Yeah. How you can stand for election, how you can get involved, join a party, impact real change. Just to give you... Those sort of things we're going to be talking about today, because those are the sort of things adults have to do before we start a little thing i wanted to say we're recording this a few weeks before it will be released but ruth bader ginsburg died this week yeah. and i feel like we just have to address it since we're talking about politics yes. if you don't know who she was she's a feminist icon she impacted a lot of legislation and the u.s constitution they yeah. found that discrimination on the basis of sex or on the basis of gender is uh contravening the u.s constitution is that mm-hmm. the word i'm looking for it sounded right yeah <laughs> so yeah she did some amazing stuff for women particularly and for, men. And, and for men i suppose yeah she did but i mean being able to sign a mortgage without a male cosign. Yes, that's a thing. Well, I she... mean, that apparently was a thing <clears throat> I only just read about and was like, sorry, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, she took on a case where a father wasn't eligible for benefits for his child because his wife died in childbirth, but because women were seen to be the carers, then, you know, so (sighs) feminism protects everybody when implemented properly. And I was very sad. I cried. So I just wanted to... I did. I actually, like, genuinely cried. Mm. Tears out of my face. She was quite old, though. She was 87. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see with the... Big Trump loss though, yeah. Pushes through his candidate or and who that's gonna be. But I uh, just felt like we needed to say rest in peace and thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. And if you don't know about her or who she is, then go and watch the Netflix documentary on the basis of sex or go and read some of her obituaries because she has literally changed the face of modern law. Because where the US leads everyone else will eventually follow. Rest in peace. What's the same? Today we mourn, tomorrow we fight. There we go. Well, let's crack on. Let's do this. Couple things. How to register to vote and how to vote. Two different things. Yeah. So let's talk about how to register to vote. Let's do it. Are you registered? Of course I am. Do you vote? Of course I do. (laughs) (laughs) I won't make you say who for on here. I I mean, you have to fucking vote. You have to. Mm. My thing is, particularly with women, people died... So that we could. Yes. Yeah, well, here's the thing. (laughs) Maybe we should. (laughs) It's a tricky situation to change because groups that don't vote or, you know, don't come out in as large numbers don't get served because Mm -hmm. the people in power go, well, there's no point in making, let's say, for example, rules that benefit or laws that benefit young people because young people don't get out to vote. So then young people that feel really disaffected and go, well, I'm not going to go and vote because no one's doing anything mm-hmm. that impacts me. So then, yeah, it just becomes a vicious circle. Yeah. But everything impacts you. Yes. Especially when you're young, because these rules are still going to be in place when you're old. Yes, my friend. Okay, so register to vote. Remember, we're talking about UK. Basically, go to the gov.uk website and you can register online. There is also a Welsh language version for you that's one option you can also print off a form and send it from that website and send it to your electoral registration office or you can contact that electoral registration office and ask them to post a form to you so numerous ways of doing it yes just fyi northern ireland you also need to print off in northern ireland you can do those things but or you can print off and complete the form and then return it to your area electoral office. They call it an area, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have a devolved constitution, which means everyone gets to do a little bit of their own thing while we're still yes. trying to kind of centrally manage it. Mm-hmm. It's tricky and complicated. So who can register? You can register to vote if you are 16 years old or over. Didn't know you could register at 16. However... You cannot actually vote until you are 18 years or older. What's the point? So you could just be like registered for two years. But why? Just chilling. Why would you? I mean, in case you forget, when you're 18, you've got your 18th birthday bash coming up, you're going to get drunk, you can drink, <coughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> be like, stop, fuck. Stop building your credit score. Need to register 16. to vote. It's not going to be on the top of your list. So Problem's maybe get not. it done when you're 16. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? You also need to be a British citizen, an Irish Commonwealth or European Union citizen who currently. is currently who is resident in the UK, citizens of the EU 
who are not Commonwealth citizens can vote in European and local elections in the UK, but are not able to vote in the UK general election. Right, but we're not going to be voting in EU elections soon because <laughs> Brexit. I'm just saying, currently, literally, it's going to change in like five minutes, moments away, <laughs> probably, unless everyone dies of coronavirus. Fucking hell! Overseas and service voters. If you're a British citizen and you live abroad, you can apply to be an overseas voter. You can register as a service voter if you're a member of the armed forces or a spouse or. A civil partner of someone who is in the armed forces. Yep. When can you register to vote? Well, I'll tell you. Please do. <laughs> well, you can register to vote, change your address, all of those things on the electoral register at any time throughout the year. At any point, at on any, any point. day. Yep. Fucking Christmas. Yep. Why not? Fuck it. Christmas morning. Let's register. <laughs> let's fucking ooh, register ooh. to vote. What a gift. It's my tradition. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Santa. However, if you want to vote in a specific election, there will be a deadline by which you need to have registered. Mm -hmm. And that deadline will be determined by when that election is going to be held. Gotcha. So basically, do it right now. Yeah. If there's no no election, do it while you don't have to think about it. Because it's always an inconvenient time when there's bloody election, isn't it? Yep. Pause this, go on your laptop, yeah. do it, or just keep listening. You can keep listening. We'll vamp yeah. a little bit so you've got yeah. time. <laughs> Open that bad boy up, log in, password, no danger one. <laughs> Stop giving everyone a password, Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You might already be registered. <laughs> you might have just drunkenly done it one night. And forgotten. And yeah. forgotten. You can find out whether you've registered to vote or not. All you need to do is contact your electoral registration officer. Who the the fuck that? I know. (laughs) This is why this shit is hard. People, who is your fucking electoral registration officer? Who is she? Who Who is she? she? Where does she live? Where can I find her? You you can go to About My Vote website and find their details by entering in your postcode and you can find out who your officer is for your area. Right. (laughs) And then you can find out whether you've registered to vote from then. Cool. Uh, You can vote by post, person or proxy. Yes. A friend of mine did that in the States. When we were living in the States, she had her sister do it by proxy. Yeah, we did that when we we were living in Australia when the Brexit referendum happened. And man, the fucking hoops we had to jump through because we had to change our address then apply as an overseas voter. Yes. Then nominate a proxy. But because we did them all in swift succession, the Uh. relevant offices handled the paperwork at different times because they uh, right like, the civil service is a nightmare they literally don't do anything on a computer they just print off every fucking form that you fill in online deal with it by hand then like scan it back in and put it in a pile somewhere and it is so wasteful and such a fucking nightmare that we need to overhaul our entire system in that we're not that i'm saying like civil servants are bad i'm just they all know that it's a nightmare to work in because it's all Paper, 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 paper. Yeah, so one of our pr- forms got processed out of order. Oh, And then no. we had to call up and, like, really fight to make sure that we got to put our vote in, which didn't fucking count anyway. 
<laughs> it did. Yes, it did. It did count. Okay, we weren't on the winning side. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I'm going to try and and be neutral for this podcast, I decided. Why? So that people who were listening felt like they were able to listen. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not, like, ramming political opinions down. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. In this particular episode. Fine, yes. I feel like our audience will find us. But that I'm going to try. Truth. I'm going to try. She's going to give try. it a go, guys. I'm going to try. And then you all can guess which party I'm a member of at the end of the episode. I wonder... <laughs> So that's, yeah, so that's how you register the criteria that you have to meet to register. The difference between right wing and left wing. Here's a can of worms. Should we open? Let's do it. Pass me the can opener. The terms left and right wing refer to the political spectrum, which is usually expressed on like a linear, on like a line. So you're either far left on one end and then far right is on the other and then center is you know obviously in the center is it yeah it's mad in british politics the labor party some of the big ones i'm just gonna drop are considered (laughs) (laughs) wait do you know how many fucking parties there are i've got three pages here of fucking i was like who are these people episode that I <laughs> told you for so long Armageddon for me <laughs> someone said right we're gonna give some booze and you sit down and talk about politics I'd be like slapping that person's face and leaving I'm like no there's no way that's gonna happen I have like honestly no interest in politics it bores mm. the shit out of me but it's something that I have to do yeah. <laughs> because it affects me. Yeah. So, yeah. These very basic things. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. I have to know, and I've forced myself to know because it's a necessity in being an adult. But I fucking can't even. Yeah. <laughs> like with the whole thing. So. <laughs> Dropping yeah. some of the big ones. So if you're looking at the line, you've got left, the right, the middle, whatever. Uh, Labour Party is considered centre-left. Conservatives, centre-right. Mm-hmm. Lib Dems, Liberal Democrats, centre. Centre-centre. Centre-centre. And then you've got, like, so when they, people talk about far right, far left, you've got people like UKIP, who are further right. Correct. <laughs> And like the Green Party, which are further left. Further left. Although one might argue that the uh, Labour and Conservatives are slightly pulling further towards the ends of the political spectrum, or have done over the last few years. There's yeah. been a bit of shifting. Mm-hmm. Labour under Tony Blair became a bit more centre under Corbyn. Mm-hmm. It went a bit further, further out, out to the left. Yeah. Yeah, then the Tories tried to win back some of the voters they lost to UKIP. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you and... Not at all. (laughs) It's best that you do. (laughs) Because I don't know shit about politics. So, the left and right wings differ on many, many things. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, on the role of the state. The left will believe that the government should play an active role on regulating the economy providing welfare whereas the right 
support a small estate which has like a greater role for the free market and business free market obsessed yes so a person who has right-wing politics would have a political position that views social inequality or social stratification as normal or inevitable some might even say desirable they will typically defend this political position on the basis of tradition economics or natural law so people with right-wing politics view society having hierarchies and the inequalities that result as being the natural outcome of social differences or the result of competition in the market economies left-wing basically the opposite (laughs) so left-wing supports social equality and people deserving equal rights and opportunities which is often the opposition of exactly what i just said no social hierarchy it typically involves a concern for those in society who are at a disadvantage relative to others as well as a belief that there are unjustified inequalities that need to be reduced or abolished yeah so that's left and right nice job little tidbit for you okay what the fuck did right and left wing come from Where did it come from? Political terminology of right and left were first used during the French Revolution in 1789. C'est intéressant. Oh, yes it is. Politicians sat in the French Parliament were either to the right of the chair, which was the parliamentary president, meaning that they were supportive of the institutions of the monarchists, and I'm going to say it, ancien régime. All right, yeah. I'll buy to the left of the chair, meaning that they wanted these institutions to be changed. Yeah, right-wing politicians in France supported hierarchy, tradition, and clericism. And then if you were on the left, you were like, mm, no, <laughs> I oppose. <laughs> Je oppose these things. No. No, I do not like. No. A little right. tidbit for you there. It came from the old French Revolution, my friend. All right, do you want to tell us about some parties? Because I know that you're absolutely fucking dying to. <laughs> so many. Widest eyes. So many. Thanks, Wikipedia. I see your chart. <laughs> <laughs> Colour coded chart of party and description which i'm not going to read out all of them but i thought it was quite interesting to read their descriptions yeah <laughs> well let's do like the big what five the or big six. ones the big players the big yeah drop them the, and then <laughs> drop and then, the big ones <laughs> drop the big ones and then maybe just pick some of your favorite obscure ones and tell me about them as well sure mate conservative party party loosely divided into three categories the thatcherite I'm sorry. <laughs> the Thatcherites. Yeah. Didn't know that was a thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is that come from Maggie? Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know it was a thing. Come, come directly from Maggie's Thatch. She had one. Who strongly support the free market and tend to be Eurosceptic. The ac- Except that's funny because it was Maggie Thatcher that made us join the European Union. Fun fact for you, it was the Conservatives that got us into the European Union. Yes, it was, because she was so free market obsessed Mm. that she wanted a free market for the whole of Europe and then didn't realise that that would mean we had to follow Europe's rules. In fact, she willingly (laughs) gave up a level of sovereignty to Europe so that we could join the free market. 
madness. That's the thing. Didn't know that. Yeah, to be Eurosceptic, the economically moderate and socially liberal One Nation Conservatives... And, what? And the socially conservative, deeply Eurosceptic Cornerstone Group. Sure, Wikipedia. Whoever wrote this. It's wiki, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not convinced, but all right. That's the description. <laughs> That's the description that Wikipedia is given. Well, here's the thing, right? So, Brexit's kind of fucked everyone, because let's just look at Labour and the Conservatives for a second. As I said, or as you said, the Conservatives love a free market, mm-hmm. and Labour loves dem rules. That it's always been divided across party lines Mm. because as I say it was the Conservatives that got us involved in the European Union and the trading bloc Mm -hmm. and and initially there were a lot of Labour Party members who were anti this and now it's difficult and different because there are some Labour members that are pro this and some Conservatives that are anti on the grounds of sovereignty and European law having precedence over British law and obviously immigration has become politicised as an issue because we didn't quite realise how many people would maybe move over to England. Anyway, millions of arguments about that, but I'm not 100% sure I agree with Wikipedia's tri-modal stratification Mm -hmm. of the Conservative Party, but I'm not an expert. All right, tell me about Labour. Labour. A social democratic party with democratic socialist elements. Two different things, y'all. Apparently. (laughs) Elements that has its roots in the trade union movement. The party in recent years is seen to have several internal factions. Factions? Factions, yes. Which include Momentum, Open Labour, Progress, Blue Labour and the Labour members who stand on the split ticket with the co-op party, cooperative party. Man. Like, Momentum is the political organisation that really like fully supported Corbyn that's all I can tell you about that okay so there's lots of political organizations that exist outside of the official parties yeah there's tons of them fucking mind blown it's just basically like little clubs just like yeah (laughs) political clubs making up your little club in in the party like yeah what is happening here? Let's talk about Lib Dems. They were the ones that were in the centre, apparently. Mm-hmm. Liberal, and social, uh, liberal and social liberal. Okay. The party's two main branches are the social liberals based around groups like the Social Liberal Forum and the Orange Book Grouping, which supports classical economic liberalism. They strongly support membership of the EU. Yes, that is a thing now. So they're, yeah. they're kind of like, we want equality with free markets, is basically <laughs> what the Lib Dems are. Yeah. So then we talk, oh, I talked about the far left being Green Party. So Green Party of England and Wales. Green political party that favours eco-socialism, environmentalism and sustainability. And then, what was the far right? I said UKIP. Well, for those of you who don't know, it's the UK Independence Party. Eurosceptic right-wing populist party favours national sovereignty, social conservatism and economic liberalism. 
Yeah, so those are the, the, the top players. <laughs> top players. <laughs> this poker table. <laughs> big players, big money. Um, the Premier League. Yeah. We should also probably mention um, the SMP and Clyde Camero, whose name I can never pronounce. Okay, so the SNP, the Scottish National Party, Scottish Nationalist and Social Democratic Party, which supports Scottish independence and the membership of the EU. And then Plaid Cymru. The Party of Wales. Yes, so Social Democratic, Democratic Socialist and Welsh Nationalist Party in favour of Welsh Independent. There's a party called Abolish the Welsh Assembly Party. That's what they're called. Abolish the Welsh Assembly Party. <laughs> <laughs> Say it really quick. It's a single issue anti devolution devolution party which aims to abolish the Welsh Parliament. So some people in These Wales... things exist. Yeah. <laughs> really love being part of the UK and they don't want to have their own parliament. They want it all centralised. What the fuck? There's also a party called Sinn Féin. What's that all about? Just no, I don't need a party name. Just me. <laughs> call it. Call no. it Sinn Fein. Like, what? No, it's Gaelic. They're a massive party in fuck. Is it Northern Ireland? Irish Republic. Oh mate. Irish Republican thing. and Democratic Socialist Party that supports the unification of the island island of Ireland as a thirty-two county Irish Republic. Yeah, it's it's. Um, Irish Gaelic Sinn Féin. There's one called People Before Profit. Who that? Socialist Party that is active in both the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Traditional Unionist Voice. Strongly Social and National Conservative Unionist Party in the Northern Ireland opposed to the St Andrews Agreement. Yeah, so I think we were very young when the troubles were happening and Mm -hmm. it hasn't like really impacted us. And I think people have really underestimated how much the Irish question is going to throw a spanner in the works of Brexit. Yeah. Particularly with trade agreements, because you've got loads of Irish expats in America, so then America's stepping in and being like, no, we're not going to trade with you unless this question is solved for Ireland and there's no, like, good solution... It's fucking complex and tricky. Have you got, like, the raving monster loony party or whatever they're called? Because that would be fun to talk about. No, they did not list that. Maybe that's not a thing anymore. And there's usually a bunch of, like, religious parties as well that are, like... Oh, I bet. There's a lot of parties out there. Yeah, there are many, many, but most of them do not get represented because Mm. of the way our system works, which we'll talk about later. Fun time. I can't wait. <laughs> Trying to make this episode not dry. Give me I some mean, butter for this toast. I mean, honestly, I don't think it's going to be dry. People are going to be surely howling at the fact that I don't know shit about politics <laughs> and that you are correcting me every step of the way. So let's carry on with that little, little formula. <laughs> Foolproof. I mean, yeah, I don't know a lot. Jen knows a lot. No, I know some stuff. I thought I knew a lot until I started doing this degree and then I got there and realised that I knew nothing. Honestly, the people in my class would, like, blow your mind. (laughs) 
Local elections, local government elections will take place at least every four years. Not all local government elections take place at the same time. This is hilarious. So that your local government will do one of the following. Elect all the local councillors every four years. Mm-hmm. Elect half the local councillors every two years. Or elect one third of the local councillors every year for three years and then hold no elections in the fourth year. I mean, what is that all about? <laughs> pick one. Just pick one. Pick one. And then yeah. if you miss your boat, fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so where you live... I mean, I get it. Shit changes. No, but all this has, like, come from the fact that? that land was, like, owned by different people and different people wanted different says on how this these things went. So there's now a complex whole thing. I mean, how do you know when? How do you like? Obviously, yeah. If you're registered to vote, you'll get a letter and you'll get like campaign material through your doors and shit. But it's different depending on where you live. The systems are different, and I suppose you know, depending on like the constituency and the population there, maybe different things do work better in different places than others. You know, sick joke. Local government councillors in England and Wales are elected using the the first-past-the-post system. Yep. You vote for one candidate in your local area and candidate with the most votes wins. In in Scotland and Northern Ireland, councillors are elected using the single transferable vote system, Mm -hmm. which you rank your candidates in order of preference. Although I will say that in a lot of wards, so depending on the ward you're in you actually generally will have two or three seats that are available, so you get to vote to fill all two or three seats. So, for example, it goes by population. In the ward that I live in, there are three council seats up for grabs, Mm -hmm. and then the council is made up of all of the seats in our borough, so in our, like, greater constituency area. Yeah. So we have three seats, but, like, Crystal Palace has two seats... Because we have a slightly bigger population gotcha. where we are. But you don't have to vote. For, so a lot of people will just go in and be like, I vote for Labour in a general election, so I'm going to vote for all the Labour candidates in my local council. Yeah. But you don't have to. You don't have to vote for, like, the same party. If you, have you covered all this? Or am, am I still in No, 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 go ahead. You can look at the... If you can be bothered to look at the policies of the people who are standing. So say, like, you really like... UKIP policies but you don't want to vote UKIP because they never win a general election seat you can vote for like a a UKIP local councillor and they have more chance of getting in but you can vote for like two conservative people and one UKIP candidate to get onto local council or same with like green party so you can actually elect fringe parties a bit more because fewer people turn out to vote for your local council elections but it doesn't impact your government writ large at all it affects well you've written down what it affects it's like how often your bins get picked up basically it affects you your everyday life there are several types of local council in england for example district borough county metropolitan and unitary councils sometimes these are referred to as local councils different areas with different names for it basically and like different sizes of shit that's happening (laughs) so also didn't know this 
if you live in two different local authority areas, for example, like if you're a student mm-hmm. and you go off, so you're registered at your parents and you go off to uni or whatever, yeah. you may be able to vote in both areas. Only for local elections. Yes. yes. Yeah, talking about local elections, yeah. yeah. All right. So you must register to vote in both areas, though. And the local electoral registration offices will check each application and then tell you whether you can, basically. I was like, what? I didn't know that either, actually. Right? So in local government elections, you're voting for between one and three councillors, like you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. To represent your ward on the local council. So there are 388 local councils in England and about 20,000 councillors. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah, so many. (laughs) So many. So many. And honestly, people, right, I stood for local council. And some of these seats that are up for grabs, honestly, they are filled by the most incompetent people I have ever seen in my life. It was like a sideshow, honestly. (laughs) Some of the the people, you should pay attention to who you're voting for and not just do it by the party or the name because some of these people are absolute jokes. Go along, go honestly, go along to the election day and just see for yourself. I really recommend that people go to a ballot count and experience it because it is wild. wild yeah and it might make you think like hey i could actually do this councillors get paid by the way it's a part-time job and you get like somewhere between 12 and 15k a year Wowza. and and most people do it on top of their like full-time, yeah, full-time job, job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so Just if you want to know who is standing you can put your postcode in yeah <laughs> See who the fuck these numpties are. Some of them are great. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are really good at what they do, but some of them are absolute morons, especially for the bigger parties with the safer seats. They can just, like, chuck anyone in. So these councillors will get a say on some important things in your community that include transport, recycling, waste, roads, planning, local green spaces, housing, and council-run facilities, basically. Libraries, yeah. sports centres, Social, like yeah. social shit. Social stuff. Some of them have stuff to do with local crime. Not many. Sometimes oh, yeah. education, street lights and stuff. I was on the, like council website and one of the things that said that they did is tackle disadvantage but i call bs on that here's a brilliant example if you're a young person under 18 and you can't go to the bar yet and there's like no youth club or there is a youth club but it's really lame and it's not something you want to go to local council is the place that you need to lobby to get shit done for you and it's really difficult especially between the ages of 16 yeah especially if you're under 18 because you can't vote so think about something that you would like something that would keep you like from hanging around outside the local fucking whatever chicken shop or McDonald's or fucking car park behind our house. It's like yeah. kids just like hang out and wind off like getting drunk in the car park. And I know why, because I used to hang out in the park or on the beach or under the pier and get illegally drunk yeah. because there was fuck all else to do. Yeah. And especially if you or your parents don't have the money for, like, after-school hobbies, if you mm-hmm. can't go to football club or martial arts practice or whatever it is that you enjoy doing, and you want to, like, socialise with people, think of something you want to do. Maybe it's, like, 
you want an outdoor space like a skate park or something or maybe you want an indoor space that you can have like gigs where maybe they don't serve alcohol but you can at least go and like listen to music and socialize with people and fucking petition your local government because they have funds for this shit and it never ever ever gets spent on young people and then the old people just moan that the young kids are hanging around and like breaking glass bottles because they've got nothing else to do and they get like thrown out as bows yeah petition get some group of friends together decide what you want to do and petition for some money and you'll probably actually get a load of adults to sign that petition if you say, like, we've got nothing better to do than hang around and be loud in this area. Yeah. Give me the fucking thing, a I lot, will yeah. sign that bitch. And a lot of people will be like, do you know what? It's really impressive to see young people taking some initiative. And that's how you get shit done, my friends. So why vote in an election, local election? Yeah, your local council has an impact on many of the services you see every day. As I just said, public spaces, housing, transport. So that will directly affect you. So vote wisely. Choices made by the council will have visible impacts on your community. Make sure you've been part of that decision basically yeah of who you're choosing these people represent you and what you want in your local immediate area yeah you can vote for candidates who have a similar vision for the future of your community as you do local councils set the rates for council tax expensive it's fucking expensive so, around here so expensive and i don't see shit for it it hurts Our bins are never yeah. picked up people it keep hurts. getting hit by cars because they can't cross the road anywhere fucking dreadful shitty you're paying this extortionate council tax so they're the people that set those rates yeah, yeah. we're paying um, their fucking salaries don't forget mm-hmm. that folks These rates have a direct impact on your income as well as the services in your area. Councillors represent a much smaller group of people than MPs do. That means that your single vote is more likely to have more of an impact on the results. Yes, so your vote is more likely to count. Like I said earlier, you can vote for more fringy parties to represent you in your local area. Yeah. So think about that and yeah you can split your vote across parties you can say i would like to have one lib dem and one labor candidate or one lib dem and it actually it's much better to have a council that is more diverse because Mm -hmm. you're going to get different opinions coming across the table so yeah split that vote vote for different parties on a council because you're going to get better outcomes local elections Vote in them. Vote in them because they're important. They they're, actually probably this is your, matter more. This, more because this is your everyday life. This is what makes you happy every day. Like yeah. the simple things of bins being collected, a playground being usable, mm-hmm. like things like that that will affect you. Medical every single day. How many schools there are? Yeah. yeah. Get to your local election. Do it. Do you do it? I do. Yeah, girl. <laughs> okay do you want to talk about the actual like process of voting like how you'll actually do that so step one register covered it you will get sent a polling card you go to your nearest polling station on the day of the election or referendum or whatever it is that's happening usually between 7 a.m and 10 p.m mm-hmm. your nearest polling station will be written on your polling card so you just go to that address it's often like a primary school you will give your polling card and possibly your id 
depending on where you live, which is a new thing that they trialed in some places and lots of people were mad about it because, oh hi, sorry, Vix is just casually doing a split in front of me because no, we're sitting I'm on the not. floor. <laughs> it might help my lower back a little mm, bit she's just having a bit of a stretch i got a great coochie my... boob view yeah not distracting at all so fine no that's okay i'm just enjoying the boobs boobs on mike boobs on vic <laughs> yeah we have a mic like one mic that we share and it has various settings and one of them settings looks like a pair of boobs and we have it on the boob setting and another one looks like a butt just to give you some context there friends what goes on behind the scenes in the podcasting world oh the fun things <laughs> that goes on with these professionals like us sitting BTS. On, on the floor in my living room <laughs> yeah yeah this is a professional shut up anyway we digressed already and i've been talking for like 10 seconds you go to your polling station take your id just in case if you don't have a passport or a driver's license or provisional license and you do live somewhere where you need id there are loads of ways that you can do it but it involves having like two bills and stuff and if you're not the bill payer yeah this is why it was a little bit of a what a shit show yeah you've already registered yes they've sent you a fucking card Mm -hmm. what do you need me to (sighs) they're just assuming that everybody has a passport or a driver driver's licenses like provisionals are pretty cheap to be fair they're like 25 quid i think 30 Mm. quid maybe but still maybe you don't have one yeah if you don't plan on learning to drive to drive yeah maybe you don't but you still i guess need id for lots of other things like Mm -hmm. buying alcohol (laughs) yep (laughs) anyway i've not needed that for quite a few years now (laughs) no but i'll still just randomly sometimes get thrown a curveball it's happening less now but i'm it happens less now but still when i was 27 i'd get id'd like all the time i used to quite enjoy that part of living in the states because they literally id everyone i don't enjoy it i find it really insulting like i'm a grown-ass adult i don't look 17 i guess well i guess because it's not so much a thing here if you go to the pub they're not gonna be like has the id unless you unless you are no it's always like tesco oh right yeah yeah, I saw You're this like, lady. Come on, Mavis. I'm clearly not fucking eighteen years. I mean, seventeen years old. I saw this lady get ID'd. She was in the queue in front of me. She was very clearly like the same age as me, and I was probably like twenty seven, twenty eight at the time. She was, she was, you know, just wearing like jeans, Converse, plaid shirt. She had a car keys in one hand and like one card in the other. She wow. hadn't like brought her wallet yeah. out. She hadn't brought a purse. She sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> She'd just stopped off on her way somewhere. She had, like, no makeup, hair in a ponytail, but she was still clearly an adult. And I understand that in Tesco they have the, like, Challenge 25 thing, so if you look under 25, you're supposed to be ID'd. But this chick was buying a box of tampons and a McAllister 35-year. That's a very expensive whiskey. Really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really expensive whiskey and maybe, like, one other thing, like, one thing she needed for dinner, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, a cucumber or something. And this guy ID'd her and I was like, if that was a bottle of White Lightning, sure, for context, that's, like, a very cheap cider that underage people drink here. But not a fucking... Very yeah. expensive bottle of whiskey. Yeah, not on £50 a bottle no. of fucking 
<laughs> but she didn't have her ID, so then he couldn't make the sale. So then, obviously, she was bombed because she needed this one thing and she was pissed off because she was clearly old enough to be sold it. The store missed out on the sale, not that I, like, feel the need to prop up Tesco's in any no. specific way. I no. think they're doing fine. It was just stupid. It's not the thing you're buying at 17. Mm. No. You're buying a WKD. Mm-hmm. You're buying Smirnoff. Oh, my God. How have we di- gone off the subject? I've done, like, two bullet points you might need your id and when you enter the hall like the location of the polling station there'll be people sitting at a table or two tables go over to them and give them the polling card that you've been sent don't worry if you've forgotten it you can just give them your postcode you can just tell them your postcode but they will cross you off the list to make sure that you can't vote twice go into the booth with the ballot paper that they give you put a cross in the box next to the name that you want to select or name as we've discussed in yep. council local elections you can vote for two or three candidates go back out of the booth and on the table there'll be a big black box with a little postage size hole in it and you put your ballot paper in there that's it easy peasy that's how you vote dude that is how you vote mm-hmm. in person if you want to do a postal vote step one register step two apply for a postal vote so you can download the form i literally just googled postal vote and it popped up and i will put the link in the show notes to be more specific fill out the form and return it to the elections team at your local council by 5 p.m 11 working days before the poll very specifically so there are different like (coughs) things you can select so there's a little box (coughs) on this form that says you can either register to vote by post for every forthcoming election. So you can just put until further notice. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do that one time, then you've always got it. You can do it for one specific election or referendum, or you can do it for a a date period. So like between October the 1st, 2020 and whatever, March 1st, 2021. They will send you a ballot paper with a free return envelope. So you just put a cross in the box and pop pop it back in the post. But do it in plenty of time, else (coughs) your vote might not get counted. So this happened with the Brexit referendum actually, and also with the general election immediately after a number of people they registered as postal voters but they didn't get their form delivered in time to like fill it out and post it back especially if you're traveling and there's not a great postal service or you're really far away it can take ages for it to get back so consider this in advance if you're planning on going traveling or moving abroad for a year there might be a fucking general election at any point because we've had three in the last fucking one election cycle yeah so it might happen at any time lastly uh you can register to vote by proxy again you need to download the correct form and i will put the link in the show notes There are different forms, so if you're living overseas, if you can't attend to vote in person because of your educational course, armed forces, if you are a Crown Servant or British Council employee, or you can't leave work for any other reason, or if you have a disability, or you just want to do it for one like specific election or referendum, so there are different forms for all of those things. Again, return it to the Electoral Registration Office, and then ask the person, well, probably beforehand actually, ask the person to be your proxy and they can cast your vote 
for you. So they would just turn up like they normally would with their two ballots and they get to do two votes, one for them and one for you. I recommend asking someone who is either very honest or votes the same way that you do, yep. else that can get orcs. They have to be registered and they have to be registered in the same place yep. that you want to cast your vote. And that's that. <laughs> joining a party do you know how to join a political party no i fucking don't of course i don't <laughs> did you know you can join a political no. party yes i didn't know this either well i knew that you did it mm. literally anyone can do it everyone can join a political party and the numbers are way 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 down for membership green party actually has the youngest membership and the labor party has the highest membership at the moment obviously that isn't reflective of voter patterns because we have a conservative government joining a party gives you various rights so you can attend party conferences and party meetings if you want to but you don't have to you can literally just pay a few quid a month and support that party you can vote for the leaders of the party and you can stand for election which i will cover in a moment there are various costs depending on the party that you want to join plaid cymru was actually the most expensive when i was doing a little bit of research which interested me really most of them offer concessionary rates for various groups it depends it varies from party to party so some of them have special rates for students some have special rates for pensioners some of them have rates for veterans or armed forces personnel and most of them have a concessionary rate for the unwaged so if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're on benefits you're a student and the SNP offer a lifetime membership which I thought was interesting so most of them you pay annually or monthly oh with them you just pay one and then one and done it's one of the options so, yeah, there, there are different options. What if halfway through your life you decide you want to switch? It's not for me. Yeah, then you're about 600 quid down then, mate. Ooh. Yeah. Shit, but, that much For a lifetime membership, yeah, Damn. to the SMP. But most of them will ask you to pay anywhere between £5 a year for some of the concessionary rates, like student rate or whatever, mm. to, like, £60 a year, I think, was the applied Cymru... I think it was £60 a year for the full, like, standard membership. Some of them you can just tick a box and say, I would like to pay this much per month or this much per year, so you get to choose. I think the lowest was about 50p or a pound a month. Mm. I think that was uh, Lib Dems, actually. All of them have an affordable option. Yeah. Every single one of the main parties has an affordable option. You get to input on their policy points and manifestos. They'll often send email questionnaires or have small internal votes. You get to elect the party leader. So when you're doing, when there's a general election, we vote for our local MPs and the most seats wins the party and the party leader just de facto becomes the prime minister. So if you want to vote for the leader of the party, who, if that party wins will become the prime minister you have to be a member of that 
party. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that didn't used to be the case. That's the, always been the case in the US, where you can vote for the leader of each party. I don't think you even have to be a member there to do that. But the Conservative Party, for example, just used to have MPs nominate the leaders, which is how Margaret Thatcher got nominated as the leader of the Conservatives. Because literally, she was the only woman, and all the blokes thought, no one else will vote for her. I don't want this dude to win, so I'm just going to essentially throw my vote. And they all... That's how it happened. Yeah, that's how it happened. (laughs) Yo. But now the Conservatives have come in line basically with everyone else and said that if you're a member of our party, then you get to elect the leader of the party. But that's not enshrined in UK law. So parties are allowed to do it however they want. It's just become standard that everyone does Mm. the same thing now, but only very recently. So you can stand for election. Like you. Like me. Jen stood for election, guys. Only for a council candidate, and I was... <laughs> Only Schmoanly. Come on, you stood for fucking <laughs> election. Yeah, but I was What never... a time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Oh, honestly, it was an eye-opener, folks. I recommend everyone does it. She did that. Mm. Like, thank you, suffragettes. Yes. So you can stand as an independent or you can stand as part of the party. But generally speaking, if you stand as an independent, you're not going to get elected. What generally happens is people stand for a party, they get the job and then the party kicks them out and they just end up being independent. Or they disagree with their party and people re-elect them because they like what they've done when they were members of the party and they agree with the reasons they've left. Does that make sense? Yeah. But you can theoretically stand as an independent and sometimes people do get voted in if they do enough work in their community and they're like well enough known. So if you want to stand for election as part of a party, you have to join the party, as I've already mentioned. This isn't official, but I've just separated it into three kinds of candidacies because realistically that's the way it works. So you can be a paper candidate, which basically means your name gets put on the paper and people can vote for you, but you don't do any work you don't like really try and get elected that just means that the party can say we had this many people stand so if you especially with like fringe parties they'll go we had more people stand than ever before you can be a candidate which means that you will put time and effort into it canvassing take part in the hustings but because of the party you've chosen to stand for and the area that you're in you're unlikely to win and you will go into that probably knowing that Mm. yeah I can take this seriously but I'm probably not likely to get any votes Mm. or you can be I've called it a serious candidate (laughs) (laughs) where you would stand in an area that you might be elected Mm -hmm. and you do all the canvassing the hustings but you might have more competition to actually win the nomination so for example you might stand for let's say Labour in a constituency where that have traditionally voted Labour for a long time but there might be lots of other qualified people who also want to stand in that seat so then you've got to get nominated and get elected yeah does that make sense yeah all right so some of the words i've just thrown about i thought i would explain canvassing 
means like going door to door, knocking on people's doors and saying, would you consider voting for me? Would you like to talk about some of the issues in the area? You might make calls and do the same thing or stand on the street and like hand out flyers or go door to door with flyers. And the parties with more money obviously have a bigger reach with canvassing because they can pay people to do this. Mm -hmm. Whereas the smaller parties will ask volunteers to help the candidates and the candidates will do much more work themselves the incumbent will generally have an advantage over a new candidate unless there is dissatisfaction with the way that seat is being run for example gavin barwell was the candidate for croydon when i lived there back in the day was the incumbent for croydon when i lived there and he wrote a book called how to win a marginal seat and then lost in the following election. No! (laughs) Which was funny. So in the US they call them swing states, and in the UK we call them marginal seats. Basically where the voting patterns Patterns sway. You might take part as a candidate in stalls, so you'd sit on the high street at a table with some Mm. election material with your manifestos, you could have a chat with people that are passing by, maybe you'll have some petitions to sign. You might lobby and protest for things that you want to happen and you will take part in hustings she's just mimed to me what the fuck is a husting (laughs) exactly i thought it was a word you were just making up no it's a meeting where election candidates or parties debate policies and answer questions from the audience so it's a bit like a town hall meeting kind of but it's a debate guess what everyone can go to these these are held before every local election every general election you can just rock up it's free you can go and you can sit you know like the televised debates where the leaders get to have a chat the only thing is you have to like actually get up off your ass and go be at them so i'm waiting for the day that we start like instagram live streaming them and people get to emailing questions or like put live questions in the live chat fuck yeah that needs to happen but everyone in parliament is old and no one wants to reform it we'll get to that hustings provide voters with an opportunity to hear the views of candidates or parties and these hustings can be selective or non-selective so a non-selective hustings is where everyone is invited in my personal anecdotal experience colloquially that's generally what they are if you're saying i'm going to a hustings it's a debate between all the parties or as many parties as possible and there are some like rules and regulations around this so there are some legitimate quote-unquote impartial reasons not to invite certain parties okay Mm -hmm. for example limited space in the venue or fear for security (gasps) the electoral commission recommends that you are transparent so if you're the person hosting the hustings you say at the beginning we couldn't invite this representative because fears of security or because we didn't think there was enough space in this venue or you can say we did invite this person but they were unable to attend and some candidates if they're really confident that they're going to win their seat they just blow them off they just don't fucking go what so that's a really good way of knowing whether the candidate you're voting for actually gives a shit yeah is if they turn up and actually take part in debate and treat their fellow candidates with respect 
or whether they just expect to win because of where they live and what party they're with. If it's a selective hustings or essentially if it's just something that one party is organised to promote themselves, like a platform to talk about policies that they want to put forward, that counts towards spending. So there's a limit on what parties are allowed to spend to make it Mm. fair, which was broken during the Brexit referendum by one side. So it is, it's campaign activity and it's financially regulated. If you're thinking of standing as an independent candidate, you can contact your council's electoral services department. You will need to start becoming aware of issues in your local area, which I should say, if you're standing for a party, you should also be aware of the issues in your local area or the area that you're standing in that's a fucking basic yeah. you'd be surprised how many people who stand have actually no clue fucking hell no clue and if you're standing as an independent you need to make your position clear on how your opinion differs from the political parties that you're going up against and why it's important to have an independent voice on the well on the council if it's council elections or in our parliament if it's a general mm-hmm. election mm-hmm. As I say, independent candidates very rarely get voted in, particularly to general elections. If you're standing, keep a record of all your spending. If you're an independent, you need to keep a record of all your spending. And if you're in a party, you will work closely with the treasurer on a budget. So you stay within regulations. Yeah. Don't want to break them rules. I'm going to kind of talk about standing for council elections and standing for general election. They're basically the same sort of process. Process. Mm-hmm. So you'll need a nomination and some nomination papers and they will need to be submitted by the returning officer by 4pm on the 19th working day before the election or the referendum. Why? Oh, so, so specific. So specific. So these include the nomination form, a home address form and your consent to nomination. So you have to consent to be nominated in writing so that someone else can't nominate you without okay. you knowing. Right, yeah, sure. But <laughs> Do you know what happened? I bet it like, did. What I bet fuck? it did. Clearly it did. Yeah, that to be a rule. Your returning officer can help you do the forms if you need them to. And if you are standing on behalf of a registered political party, then the party must be registered on the commission's register of political parties and listed as allowed to field candidates, which is just the technicalities of it, basically. They have to be registered in the country that you're standing in. You will also need a certificate authorising you to use the party's name or a registered description on the ballot paper. So you might say, like, Jenny Russ standing for the X party, Mm. this party stands for on your ballot paper, and also a certificate authorising you to use the party's emblem on the ballot. So people might just look at the emblems that are all down the side rather mm. than the names and the and descriptions name. and just put a box it uh, put an x in the box you wow. can obtain all the papers you need through your party's election agent assuming you're standing through a party so again there are roles within a party like the treasurer and the election agent is one of those roles so they might be able to procure the papers for you or you can get them through the elections office, online at yourvotematters.co.uk if you're in England and Wales, or through your local council if you're in Scotland, and also through the Electoral Commission directly. 
So just Google Electoral Commission nomination papers. They'll come up. All information must be true, else you can be fined, and I'm talking thousands of pounds. You must use your full legal name, not your initials, and you can't use a prefix like doctor. You can't stand as like, I couldn't stand as Dr. Jenny Rust if I was ever a doctor. I think that's to stop people going, oh, they're a doctor. Authority. No, yeah. yeah. You will need 10 signatures from people who live in your constituency to say that they recognise and have seen you as a person and they are okay for you to stand, including your nominating signature. You'll need to fill out your home address form, as I mentioned, but if you don't want your home address to be published then you have to state it on the form and your home address doesn't need to be in the constituency in which you stand which i think is a dumb rule because it means that people can stand for election in places that they don't live and how can you possibly you can't vote in a place that you don't live unless you work there so why should you be able to stand when you're voting be aware the person you're voting for in your area might not even live there how do they know what the local issues are (laughs) do you really trust them you also need the consent nomination and certificate of authorization from your party. So your party needs to say, yes, this person is our candidate. Papers must be delivered by you, your proposer or your seconder, or your election agent by hand. Can't post them, can't scan them, can't email them, can't fax that shit. You have to go and do it by hand with a deposit of £500, cash or banker's draft. No. Yeah, you have to pay to stand, which is why it's exclusive to some people. Not only do you have to have the fucking time to go on canvas and shit to be effective, but you have to pay £500 deposit, which you don't get back if you receive less than 5% of the total valid votes cast in that constituency so if you're standing for a fringe party you're just gonna drop a buttload of cash which is why small parties struggle it's really important if you feel your beliefs align with fringe parties that you give them a vote when you can especially for council elections we have a first past the post voting system there are candidates there's one from each party let's say in my area And if I vote for the party that I want, but that party doesn't get in, then my vote doesn't count. But collectively, me and other people across the country might have voted in the thousands, but because of the way the votes are tallied, some parties don't get awarded seats. So it's a bit of a bomb system. And also, we don't vote for our House of Lords, whereas in other countries, the second chamber is also elected, which has its, like, plus and minus points... I could talk a bit about voting systems, about the AV versus first past the post versus proportional representation. Now we had a referendum a few years ago for the AV system. So the AV or or alternative vote system, you mark by preference, like I want this person number one, and if I can't have them number two is Mm -hmm. the first preference votes are counted first. If a candidate receives more than 50% of the first preference votes, they're elected. If no candidate reaches 50% then the candidate with the fewest first preference votes is eliminated their second preference votes are reallocated among the remaining candidates how they nominate like oh if i'm knocked out then my votes go to gotcha no way okay think that's the system or it's similar to the system they use in australia but you have to vote like one two three four five down to like 50 but if you're like voting for parties pass votes off between each other 
So you might vote for a very specific, like, niche, let's say, like, the Women's Equality Party Australia, I don't think that even exists, but let's just say. They might pass their votes to another party who get eliminated, who pass their votes to somebody else, who get eliminated, who pass their votes to somebody else, and your vote might end up going to, like, the Guns and Ammo Party. So it's really far away from what you actually wanted is the problem with that. If one candidate has more votes than the other remaining candidates put together, then that candidate is elected. And if not, the process is repeated with elimination until one candidate has more votes than the other remaining candidates put together and they win. There's also the supplementary vote system, which is very similar to the AV system, but voters are limited to a first and second preference choice. So you get to mark one and two and that's it. And again, if the candidate gets more than half the votes then they're elected and if no one gets 50% then the two candidates with the highest number of votes remain which eliminates all the other candidates then the second preference votes are counted which actually kind of makes sense. Any made for the two remaining candidates are transferred and the candidate with the most votes at the end is elected. And then you have the single transferable vote or proportional representation so again you will rank candidates in order of preference one two three and so on. A voter can rank as many or as few candidates as they they like for proportional representation or they can just vote for one candidate. The first preference votes for each candidate are added up. Candidates who achieve the quota that's been set are elected. Surplus votes from candidates who hit the quota go to second preference candidates oh, wow. so again okay. it's another like passing it off yeah. kind of thing so maybe this is the one that Australia has I don't know but we'll cover it in a whole episode when I've had time to brush up because I haven't lived there for five years and I couldn't vote when I lived there and then there's the closed party list system which is used in England Scotland and Wales to elect members of the European Parliament for another five minutes so you mark the cross on the ballot paper next to the party's name parties get the number of seats in proportion to the votes it receives in each constituency voters choose the parties not the candidates and the parties determine the order in which the candidates appear on the list. It's a man fuck, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. And there's a whole thing in the States where they have, like, electoral colleges that's a body of electors that forms every four years. They basically get more votes than the rest of the population. And if I'm right, again, we'll do a whole episode on this, but it's it goes back to, like, counting votes for slaves and now it counts for, like, prison populations and something fucked up. But actually, Hillary got more votes than Trump by individual people like you and me that voted, but the electoral colleges voted for Trump, so therefore he won the Adulting yeah. is super fun. But it is important to vote, even it's, though it's a mind it's fuck. It's been a tricky one. You have to vote. You have to. It's something that you have to do in adult life, my friend. Please so, do it. Take your vote and use it wisely. Because it's a system that can only be changed from the inside. And here's great resource. If you are like, I want to kind of vote and get involved, but I hate the system. The system sucks, which it does, by the way. Go check out the Electoral Reform Society. Stick that into Google. You'll find them. Much like a political party, you can join them for a few quid a month. 
or mm-hmm. you can just sign up to their newsletters to find out what they're doing. They've been trying to do things like get online voting for so long now that coronavirus is here and parliamentary like MPs yeah. and lords actually have to vote from home. They're like, why can't we keep this shit? Yeah, honestly. Makes sense. Can we like sort out our House of Lords because we have loads of hereditary seats that just get given loads to the Christian church and that is not representative of the UK because we have lots of religions and we have lots of non-religious people who don't have a voice in our parliament in our house of lords go check that out then electoral reform society hopefully this has been helpful i hope so let us know by email and we're going to put it in the show notes so contact us and guess which party i stood for and which party i'm a member of let us know if that came across i did try i guess everyone knows how i voted on the brexit referendum but i think i tried to be a little bit fair when i was talking about i think you did a fucking stellar job mate jen the political degree person (laughs) vix the (laughs) the person that knows nothing about politics I have fumbled my way through this episode. Hopefully some of it is somewhat helpful. You can join a party. You can stand for election. The only way we're going to change it is if people who aren't normally involved in politics get involved and put themselves forward as a candidate and say, I believe this is bullshit. I want to change it from the inside out. That's what fucking Nigel Farage did. And now we're out of the European Union because he literally changed it from the inside out. But he also is just another old straight white man who went to Eton. So, you know, different views from different people, please. Oh, can I tell you some um, real fun stats real quick? Yeah. It's something like the percentage of... There are 50, 52% in the population women, but something like 25% of politicians are women in the UK. I'm going to get the proper stats for this. About 3 to 5% of people are privately educated in the UK, but... 60% of poly... No, it's 27% or something. Anyway, it's not reflective. Yeah. Same with people with disabilities, same yep. with people who are of fame, ethnicities, or non-white, basically. It's very white over there. We need more representation, please. Yeah. Be the change you want to see. There you go. All right, I'm done now. I am going to find those proper stats, though. Thank you for listening to How the Fuck Do I Adult. Thanks for sticking with us. Bye! Bye. When you're in a stew Or you're feeling blue Don't know what to do And you need an adult who can adult more adultier than you Keep your head high Know you'll get by Cause none of us really know what we're doing But still you gotta try How do I adult? How do I adult? How the fuck do 